Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. NFL Monday. Welcome to Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker alongside Amber Wilson. My name is Joe Fortenball. We're in for Greeny today, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Week one almost in the books as the Raiders get set to host the Ravens right here in Las Vegas tonight. More on that throughout the course of the show. But in a week one, Amber, with nothing but an abundance of elite storylines, the Chiefs survive the Browns. Matthew Stafford shines in his debut over the Chicago Bears and Urban Meyer face plants in Houston of all places. It's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers face planning even worse in Jacksonville for a neutral site game against the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston and company defeat Rodgers and the Packers 38-3 and that means it's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. On a day in which there were several surprises, how surprised were you to see Rodgers and the Pack get annihilated in Jacksonville by Sean Payton Saints? Shocked. I think we're all shocked. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers face-planting in Jacksonville in week one. I mean, that in and of itself is shocking. Them face-planting in Jacksonville ever is shocking. And then, of course, them doing it here in week one versus the New Orleans Saints because of Hurricane Ida. There was so much to this game that was shocking for both teams, frankly. But from the Packers, obviously not at all what you expect from a reigning MVP, from a team that has been to -to back-to-back NFC title games. And this was embarrassing, a straight-up embarrassing loss, Joe. And not just because of those things that I just mentioned, but I think this was so embarrassing because of all the off-season drama for the Packers. Yeah, it's just one game. It's just week one, fine. But when you're the team that all eyes are focused on because of all the drama that happened with Aaron Rodgers and all the sub IGing is that what the kids call it these days? I know subtweeting, whatever. You know, the save the last dance memes and everything that we were doing leading up to training camp, and then they get it worked out. I think just the day before training camp, if I recall, and we thought, okay, now it's smooth sailing. And they looked good in training camp, fine, but we didn't obviously see this team intact in the preseason. Do preseason games matter to MVPs who are 38 years old? Is that what we're finding out here? Because I can't explain what happened yesterday. Yeah, it's almost as if they had some drama this offseason that may have taken some of the focus away from the product on the field. Green Bay goes 1 of 10 on third down and averaged 4.4 yards per play. For some perspective, if you finished last season averaging 4.4 yards per play, you would have finished worse than the Jets, who finished dead last at 4.7 yards per play. Three turnovers on top. Take a listen to Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, followed by Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers after yesterday's 35-point beatdown loss. Got to give the Saints all the credit in the world. They came ready to play. Uh, Absolutely embarrassed us today. And uh, you can't do that against a well-coached and quality football team. Our guys are going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror. It starts with myself. Obviously, didn't get these guys ready to play ball. And... That's what happens when you, when you go out there and play like that against a good football team. We're coming off a couple of NFC championship games. 
and obviously feeling good about the unit that we have on offense. That's what we talk about a lot. So this is a good uh, good kick in the you-know-where. Hopefully uh, get us going in the right direction, going back home and playing division opponent next week. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. I'll tell you what, it's easy following that game yesterday to criticize Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers. You should. They lost 38-3. to They were horrible. They were three-and-a-half-point favorites in a game where the Saints got moved outside of their home venue because of Hurricane Ida. They were supposed to have that game in the Voodoo Dome. It's in front of a packed house for the first time in two years and instead had to go play in Jacksonville. And yet, yet the Saints prevailed. More on that in a minute. But for the Packers, with everything you had going on this offseason, which was the Aaron Rodgers me show, this is exactly what Rodgers and the Packers needed. They needed a kick in the face. They needed a punch to the gut. They needed a wake-up call that all their drama and all this me, 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 I want out, I want my contract to look like this, not always about you and what you want in the future or what you want off the field. The tension between the front office and Rodgers has been palpable for quite some time, but every now and again, you got to come together and find a way to make it work. And that game yesterday shows exactly what happens when you have a unified front with Jameis Winston, the New Orleans defense, and Sean Payton transitioning off Drew Brees into a matchup against the Green Bay Packers team that had talked about everything but beating the Saints in the buildup to that game against the Saints. You go back to 2014, and it's a long time ago, but do you remember, Amber, the famous R-E-L-A-X speech? Ax, X, Ax, billions. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Moving forward, this is where you buy the dip. Ultimately, we've seen this from Rodgers and the Packers before. If you think you can stick the fork in them, I would consider, I would seriously consider second-guessing that option because we've seen them down before, and instead of packing it on this team, with the rest of the way that NFC North looks, the division is still theirs for the taking. Well, and we've seen good teams lose before, right? In embarrassing fashion. I mean, wasn't it just last season that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Saints? I I think well over 30 points. I don't have the score in front of me. And then, of course, they go on to win. Right, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl. So we've seen great teams and teams that end up winning Super Bowls obviously get thrashed, especially early in the season. The problem is, though, when it's the Bucks last season, it's reasonable. It's a new team coming together. You didn't have the expectations. With this team in Green Bay coming off of all that offseason drama, the expectations couldn't be higher. I mean, it is literally – the last dance and what that means is championship or bust and I don't actually know if I believe it's a last dance but that's what we're being fed and we're being fed it from the players that just lost by 35 points in front of us all and I do wonder Joe did we not make enough about some of the actual issues that did become apparent yesterday I mean are we not making enough about the O-line woes because Certainly one of those interceptions yesterday was pure desperation by Rodgers. He was running for his life at points. There are two rookies on that O-line. Is that going to continue to be a problem moving forward? We don't typically see Aaron Rodgers cough it up in the red zone, and that's exactly what he did yesterday. So maybe there's some actual problems here. I think it would have been reasonable to expect that maybe the Packers' D would have started slow, but the offense, I just don't know if maybe we've been paying enough attention to some of the problems that do exist, but it is is only one game and you do have to imagine if anybody can figure it out it is the reigning MVP on the flip side how about famous Jameis Winston in his debut as the Saints starting quarterback 14 of 20 148 yards five touchdowns no interceptions the last time we saw Jameis Winston 
as a starter. It was two years ago in Tampa Bay when he threw 30 interceptions in 626 passing attempts. That's an average of an interception every 21 passing attempts. Amber, he made it 20 passing attempts into the season without throwing a pick. Everyone can focus on the five touchdowns. That's where the fantasy owners and their heads will be at. But ultimately, Winston not turning the ball over is huge if the Saints are going to have any sort of success with him taking over for Drew Brees this season. Well, 30 interceptions, also coupled by, what, 30 touchdowns that season, I believe. And that's what Jameis gave us back in Tampa, where you knew he had the arm strength, you knew he had the talent, he didn't have the accuracy, and he didn't always have the decision-making. And maybe sitting behind Drew Brees for a season, even if it was a declining Drew Brees, but one of the greatest of this generation, maybe that was the way to try to get Jameis Winston to clean up some of those mental errors. And it certainly looked like it coming off of week one. But what the Saints did yesterday, Joe, I mean, it's really unbelievable. Outside of just Jameis, because, okay, fine, Jameis has had that talent. He's had that talent since college if he could clean it up. But you're talking about 10 new starters because of injuries, a suspension, a salary cap purge, a relocation to practice in Dallas the last couple of weeks, and then, of course, no a home Michael game, air quotes, right? No Michael Thomas. I forgot about that. A home game, air quotes, in Jacksonville that had more Green Bay fans at it, and they dominated Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's really a commendable performance. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. With insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles, call at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Should a fan base be rejoicing after their team's brutal loss? She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fornball. We're in for Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. The NFL is on. Key, Jay, and now Max Kellerman. Protecting him gives them the best chance to win. Trying to do what we saw Tom Brady do 10 years in his career, not right now, not today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. The Saints, they've ran the ball 39 times. The Saints, the way they controlled the line of scrimmage was a huge factor. You didn't have Jameis Winston throwing the ball all over the place. And he had five touchdowns. Five. They literally ran the ball right down the Packers' throats. NFL Monday, this is Greeny alongside Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're in for Mike Greenberg today, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. 
such as this one. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joins us on the Goodyear hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. Mike, good morning. We appreciate the time. Let's start with the throttling in Jacksonville yesterday as the Saints hammer the Packers 38-3. to Of course, we have to start by saying it's only one game, but there was a lot of drama in Green Bay this offseason, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers looked awful in their debut. How much concern should the organization have right now, given what we saw Sunday in Jacksonville? Great to be with you guys. Sure, it's a concern. Um, That was maybe the biggest surprise of the day. Not that Jameis Winston played so well, but how poorly Aaron Rodgers and that Packer offense played. Um, They were just out of sync the whole day. Um, you know, we knew they were going to struggle without David Bakhtiari, but um, Aaron Rodgers is too good and too talented. I'd be surprised if, if we were on the phone a week from today, guys, that he would have back-to-back performances. Um, and guys like Devontae Adams playing for a contract, you know, I'm sure he, he has, you know, a lot of reasons to play well. That's certainly going to be one of them, and I would expect them uh, to play much better next week. You said it was more of a surprise than how well Jameis Winston played, but I do think how well Jameis Winston played surprised many of us, or particularly how accurate he was. 14 of 25 touchdowns, 148 yards, another 39 running. Is this sustainable for Jameis Winston with the Saints? I think so. I thought he was going to be the comeback player of the year, and uh, he has the ability to make the throw all the throws, like the play to Deontay Harris, who's an undersized receiver from Assumption College. Um, but we also saw him play smart, check it down, and made some plays with his feet. And I uh, give him a lot of credit for, uh, you know, learning from Drew Brees and Champagne a year ago. And I thought the game slowed down for him and uh, really good start. And, again, we got to remember this was a team that was displaced by the hurricane, and it was a, a weird dynamic. And uh, I was very encouraged by how he played. NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're in for Greeny today. Sunday night football in what wasn't a surprise to anybody. The Rams hammer the Bears 34-14. to Matthew Stafford in his debut in Sean McVay's offense. Nearly flawless, Mike. 20 of 26, 321 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. 156.1 is the quarterback rating. This is a great start for Stafford and the Rams. But when you see this, do you think MVP? Do the Rams look like the team that could win the NFC by unseating Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I know t- people are more bullish about them than I am. I- I'm just concerned about their lack of depth. And, you know, they had a great win last night, and, and certainly Stafford looked great. Um, but, again, we're talking about a 17-game season. Um, I think Green Bay will be better. I like Tampa Bay. Um, look, I think they're in sort of like that next tier, but the NFC West is really good. I think when you look at all four teams, you know, they look strong yesterday, Seattle on the road, San Francisco on the road, Arizona may have had, you know, uh, as impressive a win as the Saints. So I was encouraged by the Rams, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet to say that they're uh, going to the Super Bowl. They carved up that Chicago defense and, That's supposed to be the Bears' strong suit. The bar is set pretty low for that Chicago offense, but obviously the cries for Justin Fields from the fan base, those are going to continue all season long. Can Justin Fields fix this situation in Chicago, though, Mike? I I think, Amber, he gives him the best chance. He can make plays with his arm and his feet. You know, we saw that yesterday he scored. Um, I'm a big believer in him. I think he's a dynamic talent, and uh, he's going to make some mistakes as a quarterback, but he clearly gives them a better chance to win than Andy Dalton. We know what Andy Dalton is, and at the end of the day, he's not a winning starting NFL quarterback anymore. And if I was them, I would make the transition because he will give them the best chance to win, and he would certainly energize the team, the city. Um, the defense will play feed off of that, and 
a decade, decade ago, Rex Ryan and I, you know, played Mark Sanchez from day one, started off with a three-game winning streak, and as a rookie, he took us to the championship game. Last year, it was a tale of two seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They came out of the gate swing, and I believe they started 10-0, 11-0, and then fell apart down the stretch, getting beat by the Browns at home in the first round of the playoffs. Yesterday, they debut with a slimmer Ben Roethlisberger. They go to Buffalo as six-and-a-half-point underdogs. They beat the Bills 23-16. to A lot of people thought Pittsburgh would be a contender this year, but I don't know about a serious contender. With a win like that, were we undervaluing the Steelers coming into the season? No, I don't think um, they're going to be a contender at all. When you think about Ben Roethlisberger didn't complete a throw that was 20 yards or more down the field, um, you know, to give them credit, they made a huge play on special teams. Their defense is excellent. They have a Hall of Fame coach and Ben and uh, Mike Tomlin. But I think Ben Roethlisberger showed us what he was yesterday. He made a couple of throws, but he, he's old. He's 39. And I think over the course of the season, that offense is fairly easy to defend because they can't get the ball down the field. I mean, 39 is like half the age of Tom Brady, though, Mike. <laughs> Moving on to a quarterback who is much younger, <laughs> but in a, new, in a new uniform, Sam Darnold, he gets the win with the Panthers over the Jets yesterday. And Darnold, 234 yards in the first half. That is 16 more than any in any first half of his previous three seasons in New York. Were you surprised that Sam Darnold looked good in a Panthers uniform? You know, I'll tell you what, Amber, you know, two things. One, you have Christian McCaffrey, you know, probably one of the 10 best players in the sport. Great to see him back healthy. And Robbie Anderson can hit a home run. So uh, the Jet secondary, you know, people are going to test their long speed. And, uh, you know, they were able to move the ball and then take their shots. And I thought, you know, Sam Darnold played with, I think, the Jets had hope, which was, uh, you know, efficient football, good athlete. And, um, again, McCaffrey, to me, is a difference maker there. And I think Carolina is going to be one of these teams. Like, they may not be flashy, but they're going to be hard to beat their well coach play good defense and they won't turn it over straight talk wireless has rolled out 5g coverage nationwide and you can get a samsung galaxy a32 5g for only 299 dollars, no contract all of america's best networks straight talk wireless 5g capable device required actual availability coverage and speed may vary talking to espn nfl front office insider mike tannenbaum she's amber wilson I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny. Mike, bigger surprise to you yesterday, Minnesota going to Cincinnati and losing in overtime or the Titans getting thrashed at home by Arizona by 25 points? Oh, I think it was certainly Tennessee at home because I think that they have a chance to be elite with E.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. That defense was incredible. Chandler Jones you know, came back five sacks. J.J. Watt made his presence felt. Hassan Reddick. This is a, a, a really, uh, excuse me, Isaiah Simmons uh, made a couple of big plays for them. This is a really much more talented defense than people realize at Byron Murphy in the secondary. So they have playmakers on all three levels, and then obviously you have a great Kyle Murray, but Tyler Lewan tweeted after the game how poorly he played the Titan left tackle. So um, I was very, very impressed by the Arizona defense. If you were looking at the schedule and you were circling a game that the Jags could win, you would have expected it to be week one against the Houston Texans. That did not happen, not even close. Can Trevor Lawrence be good on this Jacksonville team? Yes, he can. I think they have to learn from their mistakes. they got to be more balanced. You can't ask them to throw the ball as many times as he did. This is going to test the, the mindset of Urban Meyer. Does he have a growth mindset? Does he understand that his best chance to win will be more balanced in offense and let Trevor Lawrence come along somewhat slowly. So um, I, I wasn't shocked what happened yesterday. I think I was surprised by, by the score. 
Um, but, you know, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are very smart and talented guys, and I think they'll learn from their experiences, and I would expect them to be much more balanced in offense moving forward. Chiefs 33, Browns 29 in a thriller, but it feels a little empty for Cleveland fans, at least in my opinion today. They led the entire way, 22-10 to 10 at the half. They jumped on him early in the first quarter and couldn't close the deal. Baker Mayfield gets the ball back with over two minutes, I believe, in the fourth quarter and throws an interception on the final drive. What should the takeaway be here for Cleveland? On one side, it's a great moral victory. You went toe-to-toe with the defending AFC champs. On the other side, you did have a chance to win this game, and you came up short, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Baker Mayfield was very accurate with the ball, but, um, again, his size and speed to be caught up with him when the pocket compressed, he made that one bad throw cost them the game in terms of the interception but you know there's so many good things that they're doing but isn't it ironic like talk about two heavyweight games you know in the AFC Buffalo Pittsburgh Kansas City and Cleveland and you know the punts really were as big a uh, game-changing plays as anything so Cleveland will be there in the end they're, they're a very talented team I just don't put Baker Mayfield in the same sort of level as some of these other elite quarterbacks great stuff ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Greeny thank you Mike we appreciate your time Thank you so much. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. According to Forbes, gyms, stores, and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet the pent-up demand for all of these services. Businesses reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where did they turn to fill these roles so fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address ZipRecruiter.com slash greenie that's ZipRecruiter.com slash g-r-e-e-n-y I thought on the whole Baker Mayfield looked good until that last throw the interception late in the game Cleveland had an awesome formula to attack the Kansas City Chiefs I thought Kevin Stefanski called it a, a tremendous game All right, Amber, so here we are. Kansas City 33, Cleveland 29 in one of the thrillers of NFL Sunday Week 1. Baker Mayfield completes 21 of 28 passes for 321 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Patrick Mahomes, his usual brilliant self, 337 yards, three touchdowns, no INTs. What's the takeaway here? Because for many, it's, hey, Cleveland has shown that they belong. Cleveland, for the second game in a row, has gone to Kansas City and hung tough with one of the best, if not the absolute best, in the business. On the other side, the Browns did have an opportunity to win that game late and came up short. Where do you stand? In the less than 24 hours it's been since we saw this loss, I've been surprised at the mixed reaction because it has felt like to me that a lot of the media analysis I've read and seen is that, oh, the Browns, they – they still don't have it. You, you have to win. You can't cough up a lead like that. You've got to finish it out and close it out in the fourth quarter. Another disappointing Cleveland Browns performance, and they're down now on Baker Mayfield. Maybe he can't get them over the hump. Maybe he's not that kind of quarterback. And yet I felt like, from what I've seen anyways on social media, the fan reaction from the Browns fan, they feel pretty good about it. And I guess my analysis coming off of this game is – 
you kind of should when you stick it to the defending AFC champs for three straight quarters. And I understand they've got to find a way to eventually get that win and to finish it out. But let's not lose focus here, Joe. Like they were playing the Kansas City Chiefs and they were playing Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of that yardage and a lot of those crazy plays in the comeback there that Mahomes was able to create was Mahomes doing Mahomes things. And nobody can defend that, not just the Cleveland Browns. So I really coming off of this game don't feel terrible for the Browns fan with this loss they should be able to finish it out but at the same time they did hang with them and they did show that they are part of that conversation for good reason this season Rex Ryan former Jets head coach now ESPN NFL analyst he was on the organized chaos podcast with Bart Scott he had this to say about Cleveland fans if you're a coach or a player in that locker room, hell yeah, you're pissed. That was a game you were dominating and you kind of, you never finished the deal. And so to me, yes, you absolutely are upset about it uh, in that locker room. But as a fan, all fans of Cleveland Browns are going to be like, hell yeah, we're the, we, we got us a team. And I believe they do. Difference of good versus great. That's what this game comes down to. That's what this result comes down to. It's the difference of good versus great. Cleveland has been so bad for so long. This sort of result is palatable because it was competitive on the road with the absolute best in the business. But this is the difference between good and great. And Cleveland right now is good. You could say they're very good, but they're not great. That's the opportunity yesterday to be great. If you're trailing in most of this game, you're trying to hang with this team, the Bears did this with the Rams for a little bit last night, hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, as Teddy KGB would say, with the alligator blood, keeping it tight, trying to make the one big play late to get over the top. That's one thing. When you're leading after the first quarter, when you're leading at the half, when you are sticking it to Kansas City from pillar to post from the beginning of the game until late in the fourth, you got to close if you're going to be considered great. Baker Mayfield wants the great contract. Baker Mayfield wants to be the franchise quarterback. Baker Mayfield wants to take the next step and be recognized for being one of the better quarterbacks in the business. These are the moments where that needs to happen. He had the ball with two minutes and 49 seconds remaining. He had a timeout. It's not like he had to go 99 yards. It's not like he needed to put up a touchdown or at least a touchdown in the two-point conversion and then an onside kick and get the ball back. The opportunity was there against the defense that had given up 457 yards on the afternoon. If you want to be great, if you want to be considered at the top echelon of some of these teams, that's where you need to close. Because to open the season with Brady and the Bucks, we saw what greatness looks like. You get the ball back with a minute to go, you go down the field, you win the game. Yesterday, it was another opportunity for Cleveland to show that they've arrived, and they came up short in the big spot. But how many teams and how many quarterbacks in the league can be great? I mean, there's only a few of them. I feel like we make too big of an ideal about the great versus the very good. And the Cleveland Browns yesterday looked very good. And Baker looked very good for most of the game. Yes, he wasn't great elite Patrick Mahomes. There's what, one, two, maybe three guys in the league? I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't look like it yesterday either. How many guys look like that? Of particularly week one of the NFL season. There's very few people in that conversation. That's not necessarily a knock on the very good quarterback either. I think the Cleveland Browns fan would be thrilled to have a very good quarterback after everything that that franchise has gone through. And frankly, I think that they have it. 
Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes, before that last couple minutes that you mentioned, they exchanged blows. Baker Mayfield exchanged blows with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think it's okay if you're a Browns fan to feel pretty good about that, considering Mahomes was able to lean on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And yes, the Browns, they had eight months to come up with an answer for those guys. And they tried. They drafted a cornerback and brought in a linebacker. And they, you know, they they used their first couple picks of this last draft on defense. They signed a cornerback as well. They signed to safety. They did what they could to try to beef up that secondary in the offseason. And it wasn't enough to shut down Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, except for, you know, it's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like nobody has figured out how to shut down those guys. So I'm still in on the Cleveland Browns. And yes, they're not as good as the Kansas City Chiefs, but a hair below them in week one. I think that's okay, Joe. Sign up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, and use code GREENY to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. The aforementioned Baker Mayfield speaking to the media after the game about the final drive. Take a listen. You have to execute critical moments. Nothing else matters before those moments. You know, it always comes down to those three, four plays that you look back on and say, wow, if we would have done this differently, it would have worked. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be hard on myself. But go back and attack this week, and you got a home game. It's going to be a good one. I agree with almost everything you have said about how to adjust or how to evaluate Mayfield and the Browns. You should be enthusiastic. You should be open-minded. You should be more positive than negative regarding what you saw yesterday. Had you not done this exact same thing to end last season, gone on the road to Kansas City, watched Patrick Mahomes get hurt and realized that the opportunity is never going to be presented better for you. But they never got the ball back in that game, right? I mean, we never got the opportunity to see if Mayfield could do it there down the stretch with the ball in his hands. And the answer so far is no. (laughs) I mean, the answer coming off week one, in fairness, even though I'm out here defending them, is no. But we didn't get to see him try last season because of the way that that game went. So although that comparison is going to be there because same teams, not exactly the same situation. But a situation regardless for the team to win the game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes getting hurt with a team that's not an elite defense, that's a chance to get by it, but you don't, and that's okay. That's what we said last year. That was the moral victory. The fact that you went on the road in the playoffs and beat the Steelers, then the next week you went to Kansas City and hung tight with the Chiefs, that's the moral victory. This year, you jumped on him early. This year, you had the lead at the half. This year, you were sticking it to him. And this year, you got the ball back with under three minutes to play and a chance to go down the field against the defense that had given up 460 yards and a chance to win it. And the thing is, you're not a rookie anymore, Baker Mayfield. The thing is, you're in the same class as Josh Allen. Josh Allen got paid. Josh Allen got to the AFC Championship game last year. Josh Allen beat the Colts. Josh Allen beat the Ravens. And then he came up short against the Chiefs. That's fine. But that's the opportunity for Mayfield to take that next step. Mayfield's always going to be that guy who's in the crosshairs as to whether or not he should get paid because he's got to be able to prove it in moments like that. And that was a moment yesterday that was tailor-made for him, and he threw the big interception in the big spot. Well, if only the generational quarterbacks got paid in the league. There'd only be a few guys getting paid, right? Even the very good quarterbacks get paid. I mean, it was the only true test that we've gotten to see with Mayfield under Stefanski. And okay, fine. He he failed the test initially. But again, it was a one game sample size. I mean, even analytics don't care about, you know, a play or a two minute drive or an end of a game. I think overall still, 
you could have confidence if you're a Cleveland Browns fan coming off of this game that for the most part, your team is very good and Baker Mayfield looked very good. And yes, there is still room to grow and that's okay. Hopefully he'll learn from this. Kansas City 33, Cleveland 29, your final from Arrowhead Stadium yesterday, which was absolutely packed, a sea of red. All the stadiums were packed. But did it help the home teams like many thought it would? 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey, long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract and get a samsung galaxy a32 5g for only 299 dollars all on america's best networks 5g coverage 5g phones less money straight talk wireless no contract no compromise 5g capable device required actual availability coverage and speed may vary she's amber wilson i'm joe fornball we're in for greenie here on espn radio Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greenie, the podcast. NFL Monday Week 1 edition. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Several shocking results yesterday around the National Football League. Perhaps one of those was the Cincinnati Bengals defeating the Minnesota Vikings in overtime 27-24. to On the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, Adam Schefter, at Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider said, despite full crowds being back around the league, Amber, eight underdogs won outright today, including five on the road, the most in the opening week of the season in over 35 years per ESPN research producer Ep Cap. Some of those teams, Philadelphia goes to Atlanta as an underdog and annihilates the Falcons 32-6. to Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals as an underdog in Tennessee, blowing out the Titans 38 to 13 and the Los Angeles Chargers a small dog two two and a half points they go to Washington and after Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hurt they beat the Washington football team 20 to 16 surprised that despite the fact that we packed the stadiums we said so many home dogs we had so many upsets taking place around the league well some of it's football right and some of it's week one and some of it's what we love so much about the unpredictability as much time as we spend trying to predict it all in the preseason and going into the season so much of it is unpredictable particularly when you factor in things like injuries 
but not that many upsets because like Shefty said in his tweet, it's the first time it's happened in what over three decades. So the only explanation for this that I can come up with is that the pandemic has had an impact in terms of a season being played without the fans. And I do wonder, I was wondering back at the time that we were doing this, is this changing the mentality of the player? Because even on the professional level, the player is obviously affected by the home crowd. If you go through a season without the home crowd or without the home crowd in large numbers, because even when we had fans last season, it was a smattering of them in certain places. Do you then get used to sort of just the purity of the game where you haven't played regular season games with the purity of the game since what middle school for a lot of these guys? Because a lot of these guys had probably pack stands in high schools as well. So you kind of went back to the purity of it all. And I do wonder then, is it easier on the road to tune out the noise when you spent so much time playing games without the noise to begin with we had a lot of players in the nba who said that how difficult it was in the bubble in front of nobody not being able to feed off of the crowd nhl players saying the same thing they're used to in big spots especially in the playoffs scoring a goal and then having that jolt of electricity flowing through their blood as the crowd goes nuts some guys thrive playing on the road getting booed silencing a packed house So yeah, it absolutely had an effect. You go through all of that and for no reaction to be taking place around you has to be strange. Another factor here when Schefter's talking about some of the underdogs winning yesterday is that these were really tight point spreads. We're not talking about a lot of 10-point underdogs coming through in the big spot. The Dolphins were a three-point dog in a divisional matchup at New England against a rookie quarterback. They won outright. Houston was a very small underdog, three points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville can be a favorite all they want. They have a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback. They were 1-15 last year. They have a terrible offensive line. They went on the road against a divisional opponent. What did you expect? They were going to blow them out? Doesn't matter how bad Houston is. Jacksonville's not very good. The Chargers winning at Washington. The Chargers were a two-point underdog in that game. The Cardinals winning at Tennessee. They were a three-point underdog in that game. So the parody of the NFL on full display yesterday. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe Fortenball. We're filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. But that's ultimately what stands out. I mean, you're the gambling guy. Does this mean that Vegas is where you are? Was Vegas getting it wrong? Also, when we're evaluating these teams, is part of the problem that it's week one? And does a shortened preseason make that more difficult in the evaluation process when you're setting these lines? This is just the hardest sport to beat when it comes to gambling. It's the one everyone loves to bet, but it's the hardest one to beat because the bookmakers are obviously going to pay more attention to these games than any other game on the planet. That is why the pros, the guys who are the very best in the business, you will find them betting obscure college basketball conferences. You'll find them betting the WNBA. You'll find them betting a lot of sports with a lot of teams that aren't necessarily gaining a lot of attention. Women's tennis, but not in the majors, right? Not the Grand Slams. Because if less attention is paid to the event, there's less focus on the point spread. And if there's less focus on the point spread, there's more of an opportunity for an expert to beat that number. When it comes to the NFL, beating that number is one of, the, one of, if not the hardest things to do in sports betting. And yesterday, it's a great day for the books because you have underdogs cashing left and right and you have unders cashing right, uh, left and right. And what we know about the public is that they love to bet the overs and they love to bet the favorites. And you didn't have a lot of that coming through yesterday. I mean, the bad beat to end all bad beats. The 49ers were up like 41 to 6, 17 late in the game against the Lions. They were an eight and a half point favorite. They give up 16 unanswered, two touchdowns, an onside kick, two two point conversions. They win the game by eight, eight, and they missed the point spread by eight and a half. So Dan Campbell, remember something. 
Good teams may win, but great teams cover the point spread. And the Detroit Lions are 1-0 against the spread, Amber Wilson, in the debut of Dan Campbell as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Spoken like a true gambling guy from the Daily Wager. So you're in Vegas, obviously, like I mentioned, on the Daily Wager. A big one tonight, Ravens-Raiders. This is the opening of the NFL in Las Vegas. How do you expect that crowd to look since we're talking crowds? So here's where it's so interesting, right? Number one, the Raiders moved here, but there was no fans in the stadium last year. Number two, this is going to be a stadium much like San Diego was for the Chargers, right? It's a great travel destination for road teams. So I think they're going to have a tough time building a home field advantage because people are going to want to go to Vegas to see their team play. That's going to be the travel destination, much like it was with San Diego back in the day. So I think you're going to see a lot of Ravens fans there tonight. And I wonder how many Raider fans are going to be coming over from L.A. and down from the Bay Area, because that is where your two big pockets of Raider fans reside. I used to work in the Bay Area. Shout out the Bay Area. I've got Raider fans blowing me up from up there who are traveling down for this game. So I think we're going to have a hostile environment tonight. Whether or not the Raiders are able to pull it off, that's going to be the big question. Three teams started a rookie QB yesterday. Did their performances change your view of their future? She's Amber Wilson. I'm Joe. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.